everyone, you are tuned into the first episode of That's My Point, the podcast where I, your host Rani, will delve into the themes and theories that I've collected throughout films, TV shows and documentaries, whilst also suggesting what they may tell us about this crazy and confusing world that we're currently living in, because let's face it, we need all the help that we can get. So I'm very excited to start sharing my theories and research on some of my favourite shows to watch, as it's always been a guilty pleasure of mine to think deeply about the meanings behind plots and storylines. And to be fair, podcasting is a perfect platform for me to do this since I'm sure that people in my household are very sick and tired of me constantly busting through their doors and talking their ears off about stuff they really don't care about. And anyway, I digress. So in this episode, the program in question is gonna be a banger because it's the popular series Beastars which is currently showing on UK Netflix. So if you haven't had the chance to go and watch it at the moment, literally it's on UK Netflix, so you can go watch it there. And I think it's a Netflix original, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's a Netflix original, if I'm not mistaken. But if it's not, then I mean, it's on Netflix, so you can go watch it there. Also, this is by far one of the most interesting shows that I have watched in a while. This is one that was recommended to me by my sister who gave me little detail about the plot. And to be honest, I'm very happy about that because I mean, going through this whole series blind was the best thing because it's just a different experience when you don't know anything that's going on. Like everything, like every other thing that you can watch on Netflix and just watch in general. Anyway, I'm waffling. (laughs) And since this episode or since this whole series has 12 episodes in total, I'll be dividing the episode into two parts. So in part one, the one you're currently listening to, I will be going through episodes one to six. And in part two, which will be coming out at a later date, you will be listening or I'll be going through episodes seven to 12. So be sure to tune in when that part is released because come on, there's going to be way more things that we're going to be talking about, including this episode. So you're going to want to be around for that one. It's also worth noting that this episode that I'm going to be doing right now contains spoilers. So if you intend on watching the series without knowing anything at all, save this episode for after you have finished watching Beastars in its entirety, because trust me, you're going to want to come back and have a conversation about the things that you've just seen. Also, it's worth noting again that you should bear in mind that the points that I will be discussing are a mixture of my personal opinions, observations and further research. Okay, so for everyone who's still here, here's a summary of the plot. So here you are. So Beastars is a 12 episode series based around the lives of anthropomorphic students, Legashi, a timid but powerful wolf, Haru, a stubborn but headstrong white rabbit, and Louis, a well-respected red deer who attend Cheriton High. Now anthropomorphic beings, if you don't know what that is, is basically an animal who inherits or has human-like qualities. So they walk on two legs, they actually speak and yeah they basically embody human-like qualities in the society that they're living in carnivores and herbivores are meant to be living in harmony at the expense of carnivores who are restricted from eating meat in any way shape or form however after the murder of a herbivore student on the Cheriton high campus and multiple murders of herbivores around the area and within the society the school becomes more divided and instead on focusing on who will become the next Beastar, which is the name of the show, which is funny. (laughs) Carnivores worry about fitting in and herbivores worry about staying alive. 
Right, so from my understanding, Beastars does not shy away from commenting on discrimination as a whole in society. Off the bat, in the first episode, we can blatantly see that carnivores are discriminated against the most in comparison to herbivore students in Cheriton High. This is because, by nature, carnivores have a reputation of being seen as murderous and aggressive. And it's because of this that we don't really see carnivores and herbivores integrating much at all, apart from in the drama club. And biologically speaking, herbivores are born and bred to be aware and alert of dangers, which are predators and, well, more specifically, carnivores. And so it's unavoidable that they keep their distance and hold their preconceptions about carnivore students. Legashi, one of our three main protagonists, speaks about this briefly after clearing the air with a fellow student after a misunderstanding. He states, fine, feared and hated, and get this now, that's the story of my life. This statement can be applied to all carnivores since regardless of what they do, they will be hated by others and despite the fact that they are meant to be coexisting in harmony, it's just not really going to change. This statement can also, however, be applied to us as humans and I couldn't help but notice that. Particularly anyone who's faced or received discrimination because of their race, gender identity, ethnicity, sexual orientation, disability, etc. can relate to the statement. Just like Legacy, it's the story of our lives that people will make assumptions and stick to them without even caring to put their effort into doing further research and stereotypes are created which warps the truth of what's really like to be a part of our culture, to live our lives and to be in our situation. And after a while we become so used to it that we begin to brush it off as fine in air quotation marks when well and truly it isn't. And that's exactly why protests like the ones we've been seeing a few months ago and the ones that are currently happening right now are happening. The protests around the Black Lives Matter movement are happening to fight against the recurring issues such as racism and blatant discrimination and lots more important topics. And there will continue to be more protests and movements in the future to fight against the multiple different issues that are seen throughout the world that need to change. Now I could talk forever about this topic and rightfully so as more conversations need to be had but we do have a lot more themes to get through so I'll leave this here for now but do take what I said into consideration. Moving on, someone who is definitely not afraid to exercise his hate and discrimination against carnivores is another character, Louis. Now, um, if we're gonna if we're gonna continue to do this episode, I've just got to put it out there. I don't like Louis as a character, but I find him so fascinating, which is why he's actually one of my favorite characters in the series. I don't like him as a person or as an anthropomorphic student, but I do like how complex he is. Anyway, that's not even the point. We'll get onto that later. But anyway, what we need to understand about Louis as a character is that he has a lot of power, and he likes to abuse his power quite often. Although he's very popular amongst the students of Cheriton High because of his good looks and charisma, he is an absolute meanie to all the carnivores and herbivores too in some instances, but mostly carnivores. He so confidently disrespects them and insults them and antagonizes them, knowing that they can't really do anything about it. But why is that? That was my question throughout this whole series. How comes no one has tried to actually eat this man? How has no one tried to put him in a pot or season him up and eat him? And how is he able to get away with everything? Well, it's because he has a unique level of power. And that's what I began to realize in maybe the second or third episode? 
that he has just like, he has such a unique level of power that he's just unable to be touched. Now hear this, Louis, a herbivore, has managed to garner so much respect from most students in Cheriton High, both carnivore and herbivore, and has been considered to be the next Beastar, which according to Beastar Wiki is, quote unquote, a academic and social role model who is destined to become the next leader in a society rife with mistrust. And with this power, he is able to get away with everything and anything. And this is just an assumption. This is my own personal assumption that I put in my notes. Even if anyone tried to do something to him, I'm sure the whole school would probably be on their case and would create a whole barrier around Louis to protect him because that's how much power this guy has. And it also helps that he is rich and is a part of a rich family. So that's another level of power that he is or that's added to what he already has. And as perfectly put in an article about Beastars and written by Lauren Orsini, Louis is a prey that stands out as an alpha male, which I thoroughly agree with. I thoroughly agree with the fact that he, despite the fact that he is considered to be prey and he is a herbivore, he stands out as an alpha male. And because he's an alpha male, he does not like to be outshone by anyone regardless of what species you are and regardless of whether or not you're carnivore or herbivore he will mess you about and I think it's quite impressive I must say however here's the catch what lets him down is the fact that he struggles quite badly with a power complex and this is one thing that motivates him to work harder towards retaining such power over the school and this fact is the fact that he is physically weak and is unable to change the fact that he will always be inferior to carnivores by nature. In episode three, he states, no matter how hard I work, to predators, I am always prey. And I don't know about you, but to me, it sounds like he is desperate to be seen as equal or bigger than carnivores, but knows biologically that this is impossible. He definitely shows this when he's having a go at legacy for suppressing his quote unquote feral instincts, for being and for being a carnivore for that matter. And he's caught by surprise when Legacy starts expressing how much he admires how headstrong Louis is as a person, as well as the fact that he doesn't need physical strength to be considered as powerful. And this took me by surprise as well, not gonna lie to you, as it shows how aware Legacy is as an individual. Hey there, Rani here, hoping that you've been enjoying the show so far. And if you have, great, we'd love to have you follow us on all of our social media platforms, which is at That's My Point Pod. There you can find updates on when we post next and also a head start on what we'll be talking about in the next episode. Also, don't be afraid to share your opinions in our DMs and comment sections, as on my Instagram and my Twitter, I like to ask questions on some of the films, TV shows and documentaries that I have watched just to get an idea of what you guys think about them. I love having conversations on topics like these as I feel like they really do add to the episodes that I do. And finally, if you have any films, TV shows or documentaries you want for me to review or do a theory scan on, please do let me know in my DMs because I will be checking them and I will be answering them. This has been a short break and now on with the rest of the show. Following off of this and everything that we said before about Louis being so power hungry, I wanted to focus a bit more on how he uses his influence in the drama club to further demonise carnivores. More specifically, how he uses his role 
in the play Adler to push the reputation that carnivores are villains and herbivores are heroes. Adler, the play that they're performing, is meant to be a tragedy based around the self-titled character Adler, who we can correlate to being the Grim Reaper in our world. He is meant to be a heroic being who tries to save the life of a heroine who is a herbivore who is being hunted. And this is me just saying this on loose terms. Adler is being played by Louis, which is quite weird to me because the character is meant to be portrayed by a carnivore. Now, let me explain, because according to Beastars Wiki and during my further research, I found that Adler is meant to be a spiritual being who has the head of a skull and is meant to be some carnivore of some ambiguous species and to add to this point Adler is meant to be a representation of coexistence and prosperity and a savior to the world all because he tries to save a herbivore as a carnivore but by Louis taking the role instead of a carnivore it completely defeats the purpose of Adler being a representation of coexistence what he's trying to do or what I believe he's trying to do by taking this role is pushing the idea that carnivores are monsters and herbivores are heroic and this would unconsciously fuel the discrimination against carnivores and louis is extremely into his role and when he has to give it up in episode four i can imagine how much it burned him on the inside him and his fragile friggin ego in episode five in the midst to save legacy from Bill during a performance, Louis can't help but to quote unquote, save the day and take back the role of Adler. Now I know what you're thinking, but Ronnie, he didn't sabotage the show. It was Legacy and Bill's fault for fighting during the performance. And you're right. I'm not gonna discourage that. You're right. Louis had no part in this whole sort of ordeal that happened on stage in episode five. But it does bring up the point to say that their behavior actually helps him to push the narrative that carnivores are monsters. This is an agenda and this is a image that Louis created or Louis wanted to push into the spotlight so that everyone can agree with him and continue to discriminate against carnivores. So I personally feel like that's 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 his agenda, in my opinion. But anyway, I'm going to move on to my third and final point, which involves Haru, which is the small female dwarf white rabbit who is another one of our main characters in this series. What if I said, now hear me out, I know this is going to sound really, really far-fetched, but please hear me out. What if Haru's relationship with both Louis and Legacy may be some sort of a loose commentary on interracial relationships and how they are looked down upon by some people? Okay, so not convinced? All right, all right, all right. Allow for me to explain. Allow for me to explain. I'm sure that it will make more sense when I get into it. Right, so in my opinion, Haru is one of the most open-minded characters in the series, as she doesn't really mind exploring relationships with people outside of her species. And in episode two, where she meets Legacy for the first time, she tries to initiate interspecies intercourse with him, but quite humorously, he declines her advances. And this is evidently not her first rodeo since in episode five, it's actually revealed that she is in a secret and intimate relationship with Louis out of all characters, out of all characters you had to pick, you had to pick Louis. Oh gosh, and people just don't learn. They just don't learn that this guy is just bad news. <laughs> but even after Legacy declines her advances, she's still open to having lunch with him in episode five. But here's where things get very interesting. I mentioned 
near the beginning of the conversation, if you remember, that carnivores and herbivores hardly ever interact with each other besides from in the drama club and in other rare instances. So when Legashi and Haru are seen having lunch together in the cafeteria and more specifically in a public place, the students around them find it bizarre. So bizarre that a predator and a prey are acquainted with one another. Now I'm going to tie this into the real world. As in the past, interracial relationships were looked down upon because by law in some areas of the world it was illegal. But it's sad to think that in even in recent times, there are still people who still can't seem to wrap their head around the fact that it's not a bad thing. And in an article that I read titled Challenges of an Interracial Couple in Society, it detailed that there was a number of interracial couples who still face similar problems and some of them may include derogatory terms, negative stereotyping, open hostility and intimidation, stares, insults, jibes and whispers. And Legashi and Haru are already experiencing some of these problems and they're not even an official couple yet. Yet. Let's, let's put brackets around the word yet. And when they're having lunch together in episode five, the people around them find it weird and assume that Legashi is only talking to her so that he can eat her later. And one of them even asked the question of whether or not they were forced to do it, which is, we know as an audience is not the case. Even Legashi and Haru both find it pretty strange that they're eating together and Haru's instincts even tell her to run away, but she just chooses to ignore it. And by the end of it, they're walking home together and they set their differences aside and decide to develop such a lovely friendship. And that's why I sort of correlate this to real life because just like Haru and Legashi, there are multiple interracial couples or loads of interracial couples who are out there who set their differences aside and just discard all of the judgment and the negativity that they receive from outside people to focus on their happiness together. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. In the next part that I'll be releasing very soon, I'm gonna be further unpacking this point and many others that I have collected throughout episode seven to 12 of Beastars. So thank you so much for listening to this first episode. I really appreciate you all for listening to the end. And if you've enjoyed this episode of That's My Point and want to keep coming back for more, follow us on all of our listening platforms. Also, if you wanna start a conversation about the things that we discussed today, why not follow all of our social medias, which is at That's My Point Pod. Until next time, guys.